The Watership Down podcast is intended for listeners who are familiar with the plot. There may be spoilers. This episode is scripted by John Ruths, Newell Fisher and Liam Michaela. It includes both quoted and adapted text from John. Hello, and welcome to the Watership Down podcast, episode 97, in which we'll be looking at the third story from part one of Tales from Watership Down, chapter three, the story of King Ferocious. This year, 2023, is also the Chinese year of the rabbit. Well, from the 22nd of January at least. Let's hope that provides a good portent. Before we continue, I just want to acknowledge that the images I'm using for each episode at the moment are AI generated using the DaVinci app. I haven't been asked to say this, it just seems right to mention it. There have been some intriguing results. Anyway, let's meet a King Rabbit. Part 1, Chapter 3 The Story of King Ferocious The pre-chapter quote is from W.B. Yeats. He was also the selected author for the opening of Warship Down Chapter 6, which is also an Ella Herrera story. Yeats was an Irish poet who lived from 1865 to 1939. This long poem is just what the title suggests. A visit to an art gallery, that is. And the poem suggests various works there and what they mean to the author. The pre-chapter quote is the last two lines of the poem and seems to sum up the greatness of the works as well as an appreciation of knowing or knowing of the artist that he refers to as friends. Richard Adams may have thrown some double meaning at us. On the one hand, he's referring literally in a foreshadowing way to the friends in the story that Bluebell is about to tell, the various creatures that Herrera keeps in his ears. On the other hand, the watership down of tales is filled with characters who are mostly friends, but a group of friends who have done some truly amazing things. The Warren not only has a history that mostly stems from Sandalford, but also includes the Warren of the Snares, Nartea Farm and even Ephrafa. Warrens are the city-states of the world of rabbits, and Watership Down is one of those city-states. There is no way to really prove that he was using a quote that does more than one thing. Some pre-chapter quotes probably came to Adams quite naturally, while others may have required a bit of research. Sometimes they're really simple and straightforward, at other times more complex and thought-provoking. It's story time in the honeycomb of Warship Down again, and this time Dandelion suggests that Bluebell tell a story. We all know that along with being the fastest, Dandelion is the real bard of the Warren. However, the jester-like Bluebell is also a great storyteller, and it seems that Dandelion is not doing what he did out of laziness. He's simply ensuring that Bluebell also gets to tell some as well. Having introduced the story as being about the only time Elohara ever went to war, Bluebell continues... One day, Elfrerar's warren, presumably also in southern England, is basically overrun by a bunch of stranger rabbits. They are led by a king ferocious, who is as big as a hare. We've seen that as a size reference before. Indeed, it would be familiar to any rabbit who ever saw General Woundward. Elfrerar starts off acting a bit cocksure in this story, after being warned of the approach of this rabbit horde by Rabscuttle. Seeing King Ferocious brings Elfrerar down to size. Elohera correctly deduces that he really can't fight this somewhat woundwart-like rabbit king. He even boasts that he's got other animals working for him, such as rats, stoats and weasels. After moving away from this threatening character so he consider what to do next, Rabscuttle tells Elohera that King Ferocious has even taken Nurama, Elohera's favourite doe. 
Elohera is now very angry, saying he will take Ferocious to pieces. Rabscoff cannot see how. This is a rabbit who has even taken rats and weasels prisoner. Elohera goes to petition Prince Rainbow for help, but even Prince Rainbow cannot provide aid. But he does give Elohera a good piece of advice, that tyrants such as Ferocious usually have many enemies who hate them. He suggests making allies of them. So far, this story seems to be set in a reasonably naturalistic world, supernatural princes aside, but now it is about to take a possibly unexpected swerve into the kind of strangeness we last encountered in the last tale of three cows. Only this time it won't be Elahuara who leaps into another creature. Quite the opposite, in fact. First he encounters a cat, who seems harmless for some reason. When Elahuara tells the cat he is going to beat the daylights out of King Ferocious and make him take, give him back his dough, the cat comments that he has heard Ferocious drowns kittens and offers to join him. Elahuara invites the cat to jump into his ear. The cat does so and goes to sleep. Then Elohera encounters some ants. When Elohera tells them he is off to beat the guts out of King Ferocious, the ants comment that his rabbits dig up ants' nests for no reason. Elohera invites them to jump into his ear, which is a bit more feasible than the cat, and on he goes. Next, Elohera meets some crows, who he tells he is going to tackle King Ferocious. They have heard that Ferocious is a bully and a tyrant, they too join Elohera in his ear. Lastly, Elohera meets a stream which says Elohera looks fierce. Elohera agrees and says he is going to knock the blazes out of the stinking King Ferocious. Or does he mean Emblir? The stream offers to join him, as it has heard bad things of Ferocious. Elohera asks the stream to jump into his other ear. Presumably one of them is now too full of cat ants and crows to be able to accommodate a small flowing body of water before it has developed into a fully flowing river. Elohera now confronts King Ferocious and immediately is locked up for the night as punishment with the rabid rats. Elohera now uses a poem to entice the cat from his ear to deal with the rats, specifically by chewing their necks until they die. This the cat does and then leaps back into Elohera's ear. The next morning, having been ordered to throw the carcass of Elohera out on the grass, the rabbits of King Ferocious find him sitting among the dead rabid rats, demanding his dough back. Next, King Ferocious orders Elohera locked up with the wild cat weasels. During the night, Elohera uses another poem to urge the crows in his ear to peck the weasels on their heads until they are dead. They come out and peck the weasels to pieces. Oddly for such a tale, the third creatures Elohera encounters are used second. The next morning, the rabbits of King Ferocious find Elohera dancing on the dead weasels. Again, he demands his dough back. So, he is shut up with these savage stoats. Elohera's next poem urges the ants to emerge from his ear and sting these stoats until they are, quote, starks and deads, end quote. As a native English speaker, I really don't know what that means. Something to do with them being dead, though. The ants oblige, even burrowing into the stoats' brains as they sting them to death. The next morning, Elohera calls Ferocious a snivelling ruin of a grimy king, as he again demands his dough back. This time, Ferocious orders Elohera tied up beside his sleeping place so he can see what he is up to. During the night that follows, Elohera's poem urges the stream to emerge and drown Ferocious. As this is happening, Ferocious, in his panic, tells Elohera to take his dough and leave him in peace. 
Eloherar refuses, telling Ferocious that he is the one who must go. Eloherar is reunited with the Doe Norama, and King Ferocious is never heard from again. As the story ends, Buckthorn arrives to say the rain has stopped, and it looks like being a fine evening. Soon, Bluebell is left on his own to recover from the effort of his storytelling. Is it canon? I could be charitable and say that this tale is an example of the kind of casual storytelling that rabbits engage in from time to time if they are not as accomplished at storytelling as the likes of Dandelion. But Bluebell is an accomplished storyteller in the original novel, telling, for example, the story of the trial of Elacrarar just after his arrival on Watership Down, one of the most important of that story cycle. Maybe rabbits also have a stock of shorter tales to tell when that is all that is required. I was also tempted to speculate that this tale might have evolved from the Battle of Watership Down and the defeat of General Woundwart, as we learn in the epilogue that tales of Elacrarar seem to evolve in this way. But those events are still too recent for those listening to this to be, for this to be feasible, though there are definite themes in common, such as the use of other animals against your enemies, though in this tale both sides do so. In any case, Leah and John have sent me the following comments on this story and its themes. Leah wrote the following on this story in June 2022. Quote, so, the third tale in Tales from Watership Down, a tale about a mean king whose name is translated, stays still in the genre of wonder tales, now with elements of a tall tale, and it's mentioned to be Bluebell's story and not Dandelion's. In form, it seems to be referencing to another tale that I remember from childhood, a tale that had a cockerel who was hiding supernatural helpers under his wings and letting them out when needed, like Elokarar hides supernatural helpers in his ears in this story. And I thought it might be from collections of the Brothers Grimm or Mother Goose, but couldn't find it by now. There seems to be another level in the tale too, though, fabulating the warship down Rabbit's own story into more fantastic retellings. At first I was thinking that stating that Elohara going to war is the only time ever that rabbits went to war is a bit of a bold statement from such rabbits that took part in the war against the Afrafans just a few months earlier, according to the framing story in the beginning of Tales from Watership Down. Descriptions of the evil king seem that much similar to descriptions of General Woundwort, and the evil king having come to steal first and foremost does make it seem as though the story is the same, just told in a different way, and with some additions to make it more fantastic. Even if Dandelion mentions Bluebell having told the story before the events, it seems to be describing, like in the mythical realm, everything has happened before, and everything will happen again. End quote. John writes the following about Alakhara. Quote, Bluebell states in the beginning of his tale that it was the only time that Alakhara ever went to war, and rabbits never really go to war. I've always scratched my head at that, simply based on Elokhara's war with King Darzin, which led to our mythical hero's bargain with the Black Rabbit. That was definitely a war. So not really sure exactly what Bluebell meant. Might it have been better for him to state something like, well, as we all know, rabbits almost never go to war. I'd guess that Richard Adams made this story up post-Watership Down. If he'd thought it up earlier, there could easily have been some meaningful tie-ins with Watership Down, especially Hazel, uh, Hazel's idea of animal cooperation with mice and a certain white bird of fame. Also, King Ferocious is somewhat woundwart-like. If this tale had been told at the, at the very early Watership Down, it might have provided some inspiration to the Warren. 
I say somewhat Woundwort-like, because we all know that Woundwort would have done more than to threaten Elecrera. A part of Woundwort's modus operandi was to find the Warren's chief and kill him straight away. Is it possible that Woundwort heard this tale and was inspired by King Ferocious? Buckthorn. Buckthorn appears at the end of the story. This also seemed odd to me. From Wardship Down's epilogue, we know that Buckthorn, along with Strawberry, helped Gransel at the Warren between Wardship Down and Ephrafa. Hmm. Maybe this story was told before that warren formed. Now, I don't want to seem overly critical or pedantic, and especially not towards Richard Adams. However, it's kind of fun to analyse what is there and to compare contrast with what we know from Watership Down. Before writing Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. J. Tolkien pretty much had the entire history of his world all worked out. I'd say that's a bit extraordinary, and no expectations for Adams to have done the same. In some ways, the Elecrera of this tale is that larger, more mythical character. He enlists the age of, aid of other animals, even a lil, and they ride around in, in his ear until needed. In other words, ways, both him as a rabbit and his old warren are just as vulnerable as any other warren in the warship down world. A bunch of rabbits with a big, tough-looking leader swoop it on in and just take over. This might get after what tales like this are really all about and used for. There does not necessarily have to be one at Elohera. The more I think about this, the more I think I can see why there might be different versions of him. Even Jesus suffers because he's not just one entity in the eyes of all. To me, he's really the son of God. In Islam, he's like the second or third most important prophet. He's important in Catholicism, but somewhat competes with his own mother. And that faith is somewhat of an adapted form of Christianity, given all the powerful positions that people are in that the Pope is the ranking member of. Others think of Jesus as just a myth because not enough physical evidence exists to prove he was real. This is not real dissimilar. Elohera is generally seen as the rabbit progenitor, definitely the case in Watership Down, but in some cases mainly only for English rabbits, and the Warren of the Snares believed in him but in a very reduced way. I wonder if the Afrafan Council even talked about Elohera. It seems like maybe they did not, and simply believed in woundwarts, brawn and brains. Each Elechrera tale has a theme, some messages and maybe a purpose. As I've stated before, perseverance and resiliency are common. He's daring and pure of heart, so he's up to nearly any challenge and will stick with it to the end. This is good for what I'll call real-world rabbits to hear about. Trickery is also a common theme. Rabbits who hear these tales know that they're somewhat low down on the food and survival chain. It makes sense that there'd be this mythical rabbit who always outthinks his enemies and adversaries. I think we can look at all of the up-to-now Elecrara stories and analyse them simply from the perspective of theme, messages and purpose. The story of the blessing of Elecrara. This creation story explains rabbits, their long ears, long quick legs and how they came to, that came to be. It also explains who Frith is and why Alil each have different gifts and seem to kill rabbits. The story of the king's lettuce. This tale talks about how bad times sometimes balance out good times. It encourages thinking a problem through and the use of trickery. Via Hafsa, it also discussed character judgment and that sometimes even members of your own kind are not really your friend. The story of Elechrera and the Black Rabbit of Inlay. Perseverance is a strong theme here, sticking to your goals or mission no matter what. Also, the importance of self-sacrifice and how sometimes people see things differently. Maybe that's context? What one group might appreciate could be looked at by others in a very different and negative way. I think you could look at, look at each and every Alakrara tale in this way. There'll always be things in there to learn, be inspired by, imitate and put to use. End quote. So, my overall verdict on this tale? 
Due to its thematic isolation from the other tales of El Ahrara when he is at his warren, and lack of tie-in with other elements of the original story, not canon. King Ferocious would surely have had at least a passing mention at the Battle of Watership Down if he had been in Richard Adams' mind at the time of writing. Still a fun tale, though, that tries to be both comedic and shamanic. But I still want to know how the pun Ferocious translates into Lapine. Frankly, I have my doubts. Next time, in the fourth of the tales from part one, we encounter the full version of a tale that very much does feature in the original novel, The Fox in the Water. Mm -hmm.